So yeah, what do you have going on at your house here, Jen? So in the last two weeks, two of my dogs have killed three raccoons, a snake, a bird, a rat. Why are they Um, murderers of other animals? A squirrel. Anything Ah, that's a tree rat. That's okay. Seriously, anything that moves, they are just attacking it. But here's what happened yesterday. Interesting. They get a squirrel. Okay. They they bring it and they put it on the stairs of the deck. I go and I'm like, okay, great. I gotta get rid of this thing. I grab the pooper scooper and I Perfect. pick the squirrel. I go to pick the squirrel up with the pooper scooper and it was still alive, guys. Oh, and it, no. it jumped up and then started to try to run away. And then the dog came, got it, and then like shook it to pieces. And then it was uh, finally yeah. dead. Mm. But I'm just like, what in the world is going on with these savages? It is like every day. Savagery. It's crazy. They're bringing you home treasures. They are. I mean, they're doing they're doing their job. But they're dogs. They're doing their job. But man, they're just like which dogs is it? What breeds are doing it? Uh, terrier. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. There you go. And then the other one is just like a Heinz fifty-seven, like hound, beagle, pit bull mix. I don't know all of it. Everything. Every Heinz fifty-seven has pit bull in it. I feel like that's just the way it works. I found her running free on the eastern shore. Of oh. Maryland, out in the middle of nowhere. So that should have been an indication. That should have been. That should... <laughs> I would have named her like Old Bay or something or Crab Cakes. Well, you know, we named her Rousey because of Ronda Rousey, the the oh, MMA, uh, UFC, right, isn't yeah, she? the UFC, UFC fighter or whatever. Yeah, because we we found her the day after Ronda had just had her fight, and it was like you know all over the media and everything. So we're like oh. Rousey. So that's nice. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, I love that this cold open. Time. It's like Margaret Rip marketing. Don't know what you're <laughs> going to hear in the first couple minutes. <laughs> Savage animals from Jen. Like, yeah. Hey, whenever I'm on, you know, we got to talk about animals. Definitely. Some, animals, motorcycle motorcycles. Yep. Yeah. There's like something going on. Oh, yeah. I love it. There we go. Well, let's get to it. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Perfect. So yeah, so Jen, if you want to get started on your story time. Oh, yes, I am up. So yeah, story time for me is all about hiring and interviewing right now. <laughs> so, you know, listen, we're at Deconvert, I mean, we're constantly helping our builders um, hire and train and, and do all these things. And part of what we do is help with the interviewing process. And so we've been doing quite a bit of interviewing lately, you know, as people are adding to their team, Things are shifting. Some people are like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. All right. I need a new online sales specialist. So doing a lot of interviewing. And one thing that I've noticed a lot, not just recently, but in the last couple of years, is that the post-interview follow-up is hmm. pretty is kind of non-existent. From the interviewee, right? Yeah, From the side? interviewee. Yeah. So gotcha. After, you know, after you have a phone interview, that's how we conduct our interviews because that's how the online sales specialist is going to be talking with people. So we do these phone interviews and then it's crickets. And, you know, one of the parts of our process is, Hey, they got to follow up with us and thank us for the, you know, Hey, thanks for meeting with us. What's the next step. That's how they're going to be following up with 
prospects, right? Is mm-hmm. communicating and, and being proactive in their follow-up. And so it just baffles me that I've noticed that a lot of people just don't follow up. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, is it still commonplace to do that? And I feel like that's interviewing 101. You mean you like, here's a- this handwritten letter with like a rose and a spray, <laughs> well, like perfume or cologne on know, it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have like to be, it doesn't have to be personalized, you know, okay. handwritten note or something, but sending an email Mm-hmm. the next day, a couple of days later, whatever, just saying, Hey, thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. I'm excited. Would love to know what the next steps are or what have you, anything. And I've just noticed that that is less and less. Would and- you say, is it most candidates are not following up? Like where it's like, if we yeah. said no to every person who does not follow up, we'd have no one to hire. Like, is it that type of numbers? Interesting. Yeah, I would say, I would say maybe, you know, 10 to 15% are following up um, after. And and I was telling Jen right before we recorded, so my husband's been a recruiter for 10 plus years. And so, yeah, so he was in a meeting, but he was able to text me some answers. And I was like, what's your opinion on this? And so I asked him. We need him on the podcast, by the way, that can be a good I have offered his services. I want to see you interview him. That would be I will do a dangerous. It will be hilarious because <laughs> we are we are, but it's, it's great. You know, do you still think it's common practice for interviewees to follow up with a thank you? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And then I asked him, well, what percentage do you feel that actually send a follow up, and do you feel like it helps them get their job? And he said, I would say around fifteen percent, and it always leaves a good impression. And then I asked, what time frame is actually best for a follow up process? He's like, it's it's kind of expected within forty eight hours. But then I was telling yeah. John a unique story. About sometimes though, it is about how much value you're bringing to the table because there are people who are clear winners for the job. And so you will bend the rules, but I think those entry level Mm -hmm. people, that's where you do need to make more of an effort. And it's not a a surefire win that they're going to get the job. And and that really does set them apart. I think for the position and any position um, moving forward that you're, you're always going to win. And and as long as you kind of like, I'm sorry, I get to play devil's advocate here in a minute. Yeah. So this is interesting because, um, you know, I, I was talking to my husband about this and he's like, he's a, he has been in sales for a gazillion years, has interviewed for a gazillion jobs and thinks very highly of himself. Like that he's, you know, like, he's a pro. Of, like he's, yeah, he's a pro, like top salesperson experience, yada, yada. And he's like, he had interviewed for something. And I said, you should send them a bomb bomb video email to like, thank them for the interview. And he was like, Psh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not well, sending, I was sending a video email and like, they, like they would be lucky to have me on their sales team. And so I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking and kind of like what you're saying, Jackie is, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're, you get off this phone interview and you're like, man, I really like that person. They're perfect. Right. But then they do everything else right in the interview, yeah. but then they don't do follow-up. I, I don't think it's expected, but it's appreciated. And I think that still is what sets I think. people online sales, apart. Online sales. Man, it's like mm-hmm. your job and is to follow up. And yeah, probably what's the on the interview, advocate there, Andrew? I was going to say, probably on the interview, you talked about like, hey, here's what the job looks like. You know, usually oh. you start your day around mm-hmm. this time. You'll follow up with people. Follow up is very important. Exactly. Are you able to communicate? Like you're kind of qualifying them to like, yeah. what is their like availability type of thing with right. like, mental energy on like, do you mind calling people all day? I would hate mm-hmm. that. 
That'd be horrible. <laughs> so my devil's advocate, because I have to, this isn't my personal opinion on this. I think if you're interviewing for a job and they clearly are saying like, yeah, so follow up, that might be like 30% of your job. Like that's super important. And you don't follow up. I'm like, you're kind of an idiot. Mm -hmm. That's really mean. But like, they literally just told you what you're doing. And here's your cheat code to like probably get a second interview or at least right. be given some bonus points. But maybe the, depending on the age of these people, Ooh. maybe mm -hmm. their expectation is like, we are mutual. Our time is mutually valuable. I am not a slave to you. We had our interview time, <laughs> right? Of 5 p.m. We had an hour booked. That's the time I gave you. That's the time you gave me. We're cool. Mm. Like, we're good. Like, that's the boundaries that were set to expect mm. more out of me because of some old school, like, you know, 60s gender era, whatever, oh. like tradition. I'm getting spicy. You like, are. That sounds, like, that sounds like something Mike would say. Maybe they're like, you're crazy. Are you going to expect other things outside of normal working hours from me that I'm not paid for? Well, I know what Mike Maybe. would say. Is Mike would disagree. Right. Mike I disagree with completely what I just disagree. said. Yeah. I think what I said is wrong, but that could be their attitude. Right. And which that's, is valid. And that's kind I think of it's, what we, that's a lot of we kind of what we run into when we get builders who are anxious to fill the position, right? And the person is awesome other than them following up post interview. Yeah. So it's yeah, that'd you be know hard. what I mean? What it's if they're hard. amazing and like, oh, we just passed on the candidate because they're like, oh, I thought like we had a great interview. Literally, you told me like, I'll talk to you next week. And like, I have five, 10 more interviews left. But is it a sign for future? Yeah, that's our part. Are they going to be coachable? Are they going to be yeah. humble, hungry? Or is know, it a sign the person interviewing it? should? This is again, devil's advocate. <laughs> this is not me. They should more clearly set expectations on what is expected. This sounds like a really good poll mm. for the face. This is where like someone <laughs> who's in HR. Says, like, let's do this. Let's do a poll. I think most will side with Jen. Um, I'm yeah. definitely the, that they gotta not me, we my call thought it, process is we not. We call it the gauntlet for a reason. We're looking yeah. for a unicorn and a unicorn, you know, like they, yeah. they gotta, they gotta follow up. So do you think this will lessen as online sales teams grow? Like say in two, three, four, five years, the online sales teams are now triple the size. That's a lot more people you have to hire. You probably can't be as. You can't have this filter. You might be like, I have no one to hire if I do it this way. If like, say it gets worse, it's like not worse, but I think that, I think that you stick to your guns and yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real job. It's not, you're not a telemarketer. That might sound bad. Like this is not a high turnover position. Like you are extremely valuable in the past when rules have been bent, there's usually something that happens down the road. Nice. That was, is like, there you, go. Hmm, mm, you know, told maybe you. we should have paid attention to that. Mm -hmm. That's funny. So to be clear, I disagreed with everything I said. <laughs> I was just bringing some other side to it that yeah. people might be like, and some people might agree with me. It'd be interesting well, state like by that. state. Yeah. I like your like insight, beliefs. Jen, in terms of just like, listen, like work. not everyone does this and we've skipped the rules and we've learned our lessons and now we keep yeah. going back. And so, um, but I agree with Andrew and I also know that I, and there's sometimes just aren't courses or classes or people trained in how to interview and what etiquette looks like. And that's also yeah. a big deal. I, I mean, you know, I, I know some people are even afraid to get on the phone sometimes when they're, they're like texting only. So, um, yeah, that, it just, it just depends not on an OSC. Not, not an OSC. Yeah. Well, what do you got, Jackie? Mine uh, doesn't really relate. But it's also on the kind of, uh, I feel like in the last two weeks, I've just had this weird theme around um, bounce rates and just upper management trying to, I don't want to say 
they want to see the numbers that they want to see. And that's not yeah, I, always yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's normal. Yeah. Like, and, and so it's just, it's a, sh- don't shoot the messenger. Like just because you don't like the data doesn't mean the data's wrong. It's, ooh, is kind of my theme here. So last just week, just don't like it. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Just, yeah. And so last week, Put I had a shirt. <laughs> there we go. That'll be the new uh, summit shirt. Um, last week, I had to talk with a marketer who I had to talk them out of some not wonderful SEO advice that they were given and they asked for our stance. And while we are not SEO experts, we know the basics enough to be, to recommend when we see good and bad advice. Yeah. We've like, worked alongside some really great teams mm-hmm. on SEO to know like where they're not punching holes in what we're doing, but like it's it's collaborative. So we have that understanding of working with true professionals and we're like, this is weird. Yeah. And the, it, sound, it seemed like the goal that the marketer wanted or upper management wanted. And then the goal of the SEO was trying to then create was how do we inflate the bounce rate numbers to seem more positive than they might actually be. And that's like a, I wish I had the sound effect uh, where it's like, like record scratch, please pause. Think about what How do we just manipulate said. our data to make us happy? Yes. How do we manipulate well. our data to make us feel better about our data? And so the bad advice that they were giving and to fix quote unquote, the community bounce rates was they wanted to hide all of the social media traffic on the website and send every single ad that they had to, um, what is it called? To a landing page to not be picked up. I, I'm just, I'm guessing. I'm yeah, tra- I know we've had the conversation. That's the title. Yeah. They're essentially not tracking it. Like they're let's just tra- ignore it's that a data. Hidden, they're ignoring it. And then well, they're kind fake. of not tracking. So yes, exactly. They're creating inflated numbers, fictional data on their website to just, just have hmm. maybe organic and Google traffic and not track their social. And that's not healthy because bad bounce that's, rate data. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But bad bounce rate data still gives you information that's valuable. And and what Mm -hmm. that means is um, kind of our general rule of thumb, Andrew, right? Is we'll look at, let's look at your community, go in Google Analytics 3 while it's still there. You want to look at your um, community traffic. You want to look at your source medium. Um, You can Google this if you don't know how to do this. And then you can look at your organic traffic and look at the bounce rate. And what you want to see is, are your ads within, would you say 20 to 30% 30% of that yeah. organic 20, traffic. Yeah, 20, 30, 40. And it's going to vary. I think the biggest influence will be how many communities do you have and where do you build within the market? Yeah. Like if you're in, Just, say, Tampa, my area, and you're in all the surrounding counties, your bounce rate's going to be super low. If you're building, if you're a Tampa Bay builder, but you only build on the north side of Hillsborough County, which means nothing to nobody, but it's like there's five communities up there, but what about the other 2 million people over this way? Your bounce rate's going to be higher because yeah. there's less options. Yeah, but more options leveler, but that's your standard tip. Yeah. So we would say like the rough standard, if you don't fully know your data would be, you know, your um, social ad bounce rate should only be around 20% higher than your organic traffic um, rate. And then, uh, and then using that data, you know, what you're able to show is let's say it's significantly higher. It's like a crazy amount higher. Um, That tells you that there's something wrong with your ad and you need to fix it. There's Mm -hmm. some, there's a message problem, you know, is, is the ad saying homes from 300,000 and the homes on your website are showing at 500,000. Like that's a reason people would leave. Is it showing, is the link broken? Is it going to the wrong community page where we're landing on a location versus the specific community? So, so it is this good thing to know and be aware of. And it's just, you know, you can't close your eyes to bad data just because you don't like it. And so that would kind of be my recommendation of the week in terms of 
please pay. It's okay to have data you don't love because you want to fix it and you want to work around it. You have to understand then you're working towards a goal to increase that. And Andrew, weren't we just talking about Google Analytics 4 isn't even going to be tracking bounce rates. They're going to be tracking. And I think that's, yeah, but I almost think that's, that's opposite in a good way. So all of these higher ups are like our bounce rate, it's a negative thing. And now they're going to be tracking the good numbers of how many people are actually interacting with your page based on events within Google. And so I I hope that kind of shifts the mentality behind that data that they're going to grab for that. It's like, oh, wow, instead of of 60% of people bounce, it's wow, 40% of people engaged. Isn't that great? And so ideally that's the the mentality or, shift we might see with Google Analytics. Or hopefully it does, it lets them reevaluate, like, why did I pick bounce rate in the past? Or like, why why would I use engagement rate when they're using Google Analytics 4? Because like a single metric by itself is like, that's not good. It's like, mm-hmm. how fast are we going? We're going 80. Cool. We're trying to get the most fuel efficient, you know, mile per gallon. Like, well, there's, there's other factors. Oh, you have a trailer in the back. We forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Or like whatever it may be, like there's, you can't use a single metric um, yeah. like bounce rate. Because what if it's, it has a high bounce rate? And it's going to, like you said, it's going to a landing page. It's going to be high. It has to be high. You're not using bounce rate for a landing page. You're using conversion rate and how many leads are we getting from the landing page. You yeah. can care less about bounce rate. So it's like, it's all context dependent. And there's usually one more than one metric as important. You guys, you guys track. are so smart. You're so smart. <laughs> I'm, I'm we over, get it from you. Hey, no, here's where my mind starts going. When you guys start talking about this stuff, I go, it's kind of like how when online sales don't count all their leads. Yeah. So that they can get a better yeah. conversion rate or essentially it's on site sales don't, yep. I see don't on, count on all their yet four sales and two people came in. I'm that, so confused. It's only it's That's only hurting you. Yeah. Okay. As long, okay. As long as someone's honest. being penalized for that, because there is whispering that a marketer we may have known. Yeah. And maybe the mindset their job though is, to a bounce rate, even though no one well, understood what, what that number was. That's what I was going towards is like the bounce rate, yes, it is influenced by your advertising, your marketing, all those things. But there's all these other factors that affect bounce rate that has zero control or influence of out of marketing. Yeah. You're the highest priced homes in the market. You likely are going to have a high bounce rate. Yeah. The cost for I also want to slap every marketer's rate, hand stuff. and say, if you do not know your online traffic to lead ratio, and then if you don't know your lead to appointment ratio, and if you don't need your, oh, yeah. know your online traffic appointment to sales ratio, and then online traffic to sales ratio, you're not allowed to pay attention to all the weird little other numbers yeah, that you think are counts. actually those... you look at your website conversion data first, talk to your online sales, see how those numbers are going, and then you know, do the health check of your website. So my I'm 100%. gonna drop the mic. I'm gonna walk away from this. <laughs> we can we, we can end it. So Andrew, <laughs> your your story time is I'm next. Up. We'll have a quick distraction. Um I'll leave names out, but we have our Slack up. It's a I mean, I think all of us, I have three monitors. I have Slack open on one of the monitors all the time. And we just got a little picture from one of our builders. She had a baby and she's in a little born, um, I think it's, yeah, he's in a born to convert little onesie. I'm like, isn't, this, isn't this so precious? We sent it to her, but I think we have them on the, Aww. on the site, but we do, yeah. it's always, it's good. Born get to convert, merch. convert what? Who knows? Get your, <laughs> get your I'm like, oh, this is great. Real people wear that stuff. Uh, I have my story on is, today too. you do. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I do yeah. too. Yes. I found it. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm the outlier. I know. I well, you know what? You could buy some. There's That's there's fair. some. Yeah. You could buy some. No, I'll no employee discounts. No, you get the sample discount or something. <laughs> yeah, I should. Like I, Mike and Kevin, I'm buying a bunch of merch for everybody. Hundred dollars each. My story is it's just a strange story, and I hate to bring up. Like yet again, like, oh, the gym I go to, because that's super annoying. <laughs> but so here's the story. It's it's bizarre, but somehow it worked. Um, it has to do with reviews. Oh. Saturday, a review was left for 
this local place I go to, I just will leave him out of it. A competitor came to this location and then left a very accurate review. Like it's, it's to the T there's no lies. It wasn't like this place is an absolute joke. It wasn't anything cruel or like overly aggressive on talking negatively. Yeah. They can't be it was sleuth, like, sued for slander. Like it's right. Accurate. It's like this, 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 this. And you're like, hmm, okay. And if you've been there, you're like, okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But I still like the place because like, it's the only one like it. It's like your kid, like, yeah, my kids, my ears are out too far. The hair's a little funny looking, like their eyes are cross-eyed, whatever. But that's my kid. I still love him. Same thing with this gym that I, that I go to. There's issues, but every place has issues. So the person left the review, the person who owns this place is very reactive, like terrible person to work for, really not a great person in general. He doesn't listen to the podcast, obviously, so I could say that, but but like not not a great decision maker. Immediately left, put a picture on Instagram of two of his clients, trainers, trainees, giving the middle finger to the camera. Ooh. Right. And it wow. essentially called out this person on the on wow. the leaving the review because it was a com- competing gym, sort of. It's an hour away. It doesn't really compete. But they came over, bought a day pass. So like they were there for the day or like, you know, without being a member, then left this negative review. And he's like, what the heck? Like this person literally was here for like an hour. And they left the review like an so hour. Jen, after that. Okay. So now Crazy. it's it switched. So it's a competitor, switched. a local builder comes to your model home, leaves a yeah. very honest review. What was it? Three out of five or two out of five? Three out of five. Three out of Three. five. So, yeah. so, so like, fairly. Not great, but could not be worse. great, but it could be worse. Not, not just smell terrible. The model home, the salesperson wasn't very nice and attentive. It was mouse, dirty. Wasn't one of the things There's like I saw poop. some mouse droppings. Like, so what happened yeah. if someone's like, I saw mouse droppings. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a great conversation Don't with a sales agent. Did. And if you feel like a builder reacted negatively to flip the bird and yeah. go very oh. public with a reaction, it's yeah, like- it's just gonna, it's just going to verify the negative review yeah. even more. So the person, the person, I know, mm-hmm. right. The person did end up taking the review down because she left it with her, like her name, you Google her yeah. name and it's like trainer at X, Y, Z. I don't know if you wow. like message the gym or anything, but from that, so here's the positive knowing your audience. So the people that go to this gym, they pay a certain price because they don't want to be around crowds. It's not a big commercial gym, all this stuff. That has nothing to do with builders, but long story short, he got 35 star reviews out of this negative thing. So I'm like, okay, props to you, bro. Like. Yeah, I and think the original one was taken down. And the original was taken down. So it went from like 70-something reviews to 105 in like 24 hours, mm. which it still is like a terrible – the post is still up on Instagram. I'm like, what yeah. the heck is this? I just thought it was a crazy story. Seems really where like childish. I was like, are you like, – yeah. So one, it, you should have been more proactive, I think, in trying to get those positive reviews. Two, yeah. I guess he does because know his audience to – Yeah, they come out- to – the defense, you know, because it's a smaller place. So it's like, it's not just some corporate yeah. whatever. So they're like, that's my spot. That's my place I go to. That's but I mine. think, I mean, now with the original down or what, I think the longevity of that reaction is he's going to attract the people he wants and he's going to dissuade the mm-hmm. people he doesn't want. But I don't think a home builder has that they flexibility. Know, I think what I get for this for a builder is like, know your super fans. And if you haven't tapped into those people to get reviews, like you have this like gold mine of like positivity that you should be able to just go and get. Maybe you don't get them from making a post like that. Yeah. You get them another way, but like there has to be people that absolutely love their home, love the experience, had forgiveness and any supply chain issues and boom, five-star review right there. Especially because mm-hmm. there might be other people who leave the three out of five honest review of our closing date was moved three times. Yeah. We end up having to rent for six extra months, which costs us $18,000 whatever. Like they could list it and you're like, nothing in here is a lie. 
but you need those five-star reviews to push those out of the way. Yeah. Our marker was, would you still recommend us? And after they're like, yeah, yeah. Would that you, was, I mean, it was an experience would you, that would you still recommend us please? People do, but, um, so this is a shout out. Feel free to leave Duke murder to review. Um, we will not be doing <laughs> Yeah. We're sorry. We, we, we don't review change. Do we have but, reviews? Do you convert? Do you convert? I don't Oklahoma. even know. We should, we should probably look into that. Make a um, business profile on Google somewhere. It could be yeah. Jen's house with the savage animals. <laughs> like I stopped by there one week and there's like dead animals all over the place. Never going there again. Raccoon graveyard. <laughs> raccoon, a little trash pandas have little the thumbs and everything. The dogs rate it five stars out of five for the experience. Oh, that must have been really fluffy raccoons to, to get caught. Oh my um, God, this is getting off the rails. Oh man. Well, should we, should we go into the news? And now a quick word from our supporting partner, Open Door. Not taking contingencies? Open Door creates more opportunities by sending customers a preliminary offer within minutes. Plus, as a builder sales associate, you can provide a flexible close date to help customers avoid double moves and mortgages by closing anytime from 14 days to nine months. Go to opendoor.com backslash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Open Door. Woo, good job, Jen. I'm jealous. I'd be like, now taking content, I can read. I just messed it up. The backstory for everyone listening is that we have to edit that all the time. So we, we always there we go. Okay, news ideas, Sash News. So big, big one, Andrew and I's project that we always get to work on, Woo-hoo. second year. Always successful, Market Proof Awards. They're live. Submissions close on July 15th. Don't wait. I know we we push it or maybe you don't like all proceeds go to charity, um, helping struggling families in Guatemala who need food. But the real goal for and why we created it is because it gives equal opportunities to builders in different markets and different sizes to get the, I think, um, acknowledgement and um, just information out about themselves and the projects that they've been doing and to see other projects that they've been doing. And one of my favorite things that we did for last year with uh, Julie Jarnigan, thanks again, Julie, you're the, you're the bomb, um, you're the was that she interviewed every single award winner and we got a summary of like, what was the process? How do you feel? How did it go? You know, what made this an award-winning project? And so you can kind of see who set themselves apart. And it really just highlights so, so many great projects that um, maybe may don't get their moment in the in the sunshine. So um, kudos to that. Good luck to everyone who enters. Um, I know it's $100 per entry. Again, we don't make any money off of this. It is, it is all for you to to compete against other builders. And um, also fun for, for Jen, <laughs> after analyzing last year's categories, we actually added a new online sales court category. Ooh. Yeah, um, we have the best long-term follow-up process. So you're Ooh. proving value through the that data and success. Hey, of the long-term if you process. enter this, you have a really good chance of winning because coming out of the last year, hadn't been doing a lot of prospecting out there, folks, right? Hadn't been doing a lot of long-term follow-ups. So- if you have been consistent in doing something, you have some creative approach to reaching out to your older leads, you know, even using video email, whatever you're doing, definitely submit because this is a new category. We're excited to see the entries for that. Yeah. So really, really cool. Yeah. And Haley, who won online sales, I know yeah. email superstar award is, is one of the main judges for online sales Ooh. this year. So that'll be fun. Yeah. She gets to um, send. So now if you win, you get to be the judge for next year and put that on your um, LinkedIn profile, yeah. official um, builder judge. And um, anyway, it's marketproofawards.com or you can go to the Do You Convert um, homepage. It is the, the first um, event on there. So yeah. good luck. 
let us know if you have questions. Um, and if you feel like there needs to be more categories, we we can always make that. But yeah, let us know. If there's registrations. I just checked and there's registrations coming in daily, it looks mm-hmm. like, which is good. And most people will wait till the, the day before. The very end. It's which is the way it goes. But please don't. because um, I'd start before. we the When you submit, so you purchase the registration and then you'll have a link to then submit all the information. So you don't have to have everything ready to go at the beginning. Um, so you have the link afterwards. Mm-hmm. It might take you a little bit of time to pull everything together. It's not like a giant essay. If you've, if I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of people, maybe not the builder show speaker submission. I know there's some builders that, that obviously speak that is more difficult than this. This is like, like for the long-term follow-up, you need to have the examples of things you've done for long-term follow-up mm-hmm. probably some data. Like it. here's how many prospects we've reached out to. Here's yeah. what the, what metric, what else would be in there? Like my brain's broken right now. Like the re- return call rate, like how, yeah, just some type of metric. Like this is um, as far as like what type of email you're sending, who you're sending the email to, like, are you segmenting out your list? Kind of be specific on that. What else are you doing? Um, are you also incorporating text? Are you incorporating outbound calls? Are yeah. you incorporating video? It, or is it just email? Like what yeah. else are you doing? So are in my mind, all things, if that's like part of your day, like you should be like, oh, here's all, here it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to gather everything, but like you don't have to think about what you're submitting. You're just getting all the screenshots. And this or- is reminding me of those 15% of people who do the follow-up for the interviews. Like <laughs> if you do this, you are already far ahead of your competitors. Oh man, you're yeah. winning. You're winning, winning. Yeah. Win, win, win. Let's so, see. so kudos, good luck. Can't wait to see what everyone enters. And do you convert right. is absolutely none of the judges. We just handle um, the handoff yeah. process. So we just will. logistics. And then we announce the winners of the summit, which you do not have to be present at, and we will mail you an award. So and interview you. So um, good luck. And and we're we're so proud. So <laughs> and then the next article, <laughs> I'll I'll leave it to you, Jen. Um, I know it's uh, yeah. Jesse's article. So- yeah, so Jesse Suggs, our um, online sales coach extraordinaire, just had a blog that dropped yesterday about um, appointment tracking and you know kind of what to look for. This is really kind of a follow-up to the last one that she did about what constitutes an appointment. So mm-hmm. just kind of part two, now that you've set an appointment, what are you tracking? And I think a couple of just highlights from this that are really important is you know, we're hearing a lot right now that there's some cancellations, there's some no-shows, things are coming yeah. up. So one thing I just want to point out, because we have, this is sometimes confusing. I just want to clarify a couple things. If a customer cancels their appointment ahead of time, you, you talk to them, you can, you call to confirm and they go, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to be able to make it on Saturday. That comes out of your appointment numbers. That does not count as an appointment. It does not count as a no-show. That is, it's like it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So that is not going to count in your lead to appointment numbers. Now, if they go, yes, I'll be there. And then Saturday comes and they ghost, they ghost and they don't show up. That counts as a no-show. So that is definitely something that you want to track. You want to um, track, you know, lead to appointment. Obviously you want to track, um, appointment show rate, and then you want to also track, um, your, um, appointment to sale, obviously. And then your online sales contribution, how many total sales are coming from appointments that you've set. So your company had 10 sales. You had five of those that came from your appointments. You're at a 50% 
online sales contribution rate. So these are all kind of those metrics that you want to be looking at. This is online sales responsibility to track this on a monthly basis. It's really important. And then the other thing that Jesse talks about is making sure that you are tracking your leads um, properly as well. Kind of like you want to fake, you don't want to talk about bounce rates or you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, you want to hide some things, right? So, you know, our philosophy is you count everything um, unless it's something completely, you know, out of this world crazy, yeah. right? You want to count everything. You want to count realtors as well. Realtors are leads too. You count your VIP, you include everything in that uh, monthly lead source and for your conversions to appointment. So track great job. your stuff. Yeah, yeah Jesse, Jesse has just such a great resource of articles to reference. And if you ever go to um, on the website, our team, you can just search her face and then um, you can search every article she's ever written to see that history too. So great job, Jesse. I'm sure we'll be sharing this um, shortly too. And it's nice to hear the feedback from online sales too when it gets posted, but they're like, totally, or yeah. like, Ooh. oops. <laughs> oops. <Oopsies. laughs> Whoops, I haven't been doing that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. The next article, I kind of put it in here just because I thought it was like interesting, funny, but great headline. Great headline. Half of Americans cry at least once while buying a home. And this is um, a press release. It's not some like casual blog post. It's like this is an official press release. Yeah. Zillow.mediaroom.com. Like I mean, I'm yeah. not surprised by this. Buy well, once, buy it's saying actually more than 65% of Gen Z buyers and 61% of millennial buyers report crying at least once during their home Our buyer journey. Gen Z is older than millennial. Mm -hmm. And millennials are the ones ruining like, like avocado toast. <laughs> we won't, we won't get into that. We won't so get into that. I'm just, oh, I'm a clap. This is great. Like good job, millennials. 4% less crying. Yeah, you can hold it together slightly, slightly it, more. It's still bad. Well, I know that, you know, the data comes out where it's like, it's just as stressful. And I think it was even a, it was a marriage. It was um, planning a wedding, getting fired. And I'm pretty sure I saw one step back in the day where it's as stressful as almost as stressful as getting divorced. And so it just, it brings out such emotions because the, and they're talking about how, you know, you put an offer on a home, you start envisioning your family, you start envisioning the what hope. ifs yeah. you have hope and it's squashed. And I know I personally lost out on four homes before I got my house. And each of those losses you, was like, Oh, my heart. You like mourn, you mourn it. Like you the, do the, mourn that, it. That sounds that could make I light of like real things, of them, but like, like twice, like a psychopath. And I was like, hope that family's well, you doing envision well. Your life there, you imagine like all these things. And that's, yeah. I think that's where we forget as marketers and, and ever like, like people are envisioning like, yeah. Oh, we're pregnant. We have our one-year-olds and take their first steps there. Like, this is where like, I'm going to feed my baby. Yeah. This is where this yeah. is going to happen. This is the if it's this a great community, you're like, room. oh, my kid could be on their little ride on cart thing mm -hmm. right around the street. I'll be sitting out front drinking a Bud Light. I don't know about that little redneck there, but like they're envisioning like what life will be like. And it's usually in the positive. Yeah. Um, and then if that doesn't happen, like, well, yeah, and like that's baby. <clears throat> And, and why I wanted to put this in though, Jen, for you, because I, you know, online sales specialist, online sales counselor, that the name is pretty um, interchangeable, but that counselor really comes back. I mean, we're talking to these people who are just sens sensitive um, yeah. topics and they're, they're envisioning hey, their online to sales be is crying right with them. Okay. Yeah. So the reality is that <laughs> buying fair. a home, buying a home in, in a normal uh, market is an emotional process. Okay, you get emotionally yeah. invested in this, right? Then you add 
uh, you know, what's happening in the world and, and our current market. And, and it's, and it's difficult, right? Add that layer of stress on top of it. Online sales is at the front, you know, their first point of contact, they're dealing with all of these customers, you know, at the yeah. beginning stages Good. and first responders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First responders. Exactly. And so they're definitely, they're definitely feeling it for sure, but that's why they're so important. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so important. And that's why, you know, they, uh, they cannot be replaced by automation. Yeah. They cannot, you have to have that real life person that is there on the other side of the website and the other side of the screen to assist in this process. Yeah. We're not selling swag and merch. Like it's no, a little not different. Not selling jeans. Not selling yeah. jeans. Like that could be it. Um, yeah. Some of this, you read it and you're like nearly 90% of recent buyers still surveyed said at least one aspect of the home buying process was stressful. Sick. Like we know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like it's still like the crime. It's thing. nice so to get. It's the same it's thing. It's interesting. It's refreshing. You zoom with data and yeah. it's nice to confirm with data. So interesting that it's the younger. I mean, Gen X's are like, there's no crying in home buying. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hanks. They're waiting to the phone. The ha- it hangs up and then they're sobbing. They're just not, they're not publicly uh, sobbing like we do. It's a corded phone into the wall. Um, so, yeah. And then talking about more po- potential sad news for a specific company. I'll let you take this one off, Andrew. Oh yeah. So Elon, you know, he, he's, he says okay. a lot of things. Um, this is from theverge.com. Elon Musk reportedly declares remote work no longer acceptable at Tesla. The first thing I want to say is someone like Elon, I can't even imagine if you think about like the companies he's founded, PayPal, SpaceX, Tesla, like his brain is not ours. Like it is vastly different. It is like way up there. So it's really interesting. He said this. And so he had a series of tweets. It's like, oh, great. I found out like my work policy, life policies unchanged via my boss's, the CEO's tweets. Essentially, he was he went against. Um, they don't have the tweets. What everyone's time. doing. What everyone is doing. Like you are no longer working here. Stop playtime at home. All this. Essentially, he was just like he called out Back work from home. It's a waste time. He's like, I lived in the warehouse to prove to everyone at the manufacturing plant that I'm committed. It's like, well, you're crazy, but also yeah. at the same time, it sort of brings this thing. This kind of ties into. The should people follow up but as far as like the, the value of time back like, into that, it ties back. Well, it comes down to boundaries, expectations. And yeah, he said you can start working from home time. after you work your 40 hours a week. So yeah, it's a yes, little like there's no boundaries there. So it's I like, say I'm, set the I was expectation surprised. I mean, Actually, were you guys surprised? I was surprised by this. I was surprised because I, I watched the SpaceX um, documentary on Netflix. Really interesting. I think everyone it's, it's good. It's a good story of like, they lost, uh, we lost this rocket. This one exploded. We're learning. We're like, he's like, here's how much money I have. It was yeah. his own personal money. Then had other money involved. But like he was committed to doing it. And it seemed on that show, like, oh, he seems like he'd be someone good to work for. Then you have this and it's like. Editing. After four hours a week, you could editing you then work from home. Yeah, editing I, I think the biggest thing too. So obviously I'm in Seattle. It's a, it's a tech hub and the company and my husband's in technical recruiting. And, um, yeah. there's just this big, the number one question, he works right above my office. Sometimes I hear the conversations and it's, what does the work, future work from home life balance look like? How, and what is it? And how, how many days am I expected to come back? Because I feel people have just 
one who, who and really enjoy working from home, really enjoy working from home. And it's a really good work-life balance. You're, you're able to trade different things off. Um, and I also saw this thing on Reddit where there was this conversation going on of, do you feel like companies who actually want to cut numbers are saying, let's go back into the office so that people drop off of their own free will I more so? That. So that was kind of a, a conspiracy theory behind that. Interesting. That, yeah. So I was like, maybe. I, I'll, that's I'll, a way I'll to like, that. hey, I need to lay off 20% of my workforce <laughs> Might as well say work without laying them off. Yeah, I'm gonna make yeah. them. They can't yeah. work from home anymore. Which yeah, is, but I I think yeah. the potential though there is you you don't get to pick and choose who's leaving and who who's That's staying. The hard so, part. In, in terms of that, I you know, and why we decided to bring this up on the podcast is I know you know a lot of marketers and a lot of mostly online sales. You know, we we do have this. I think more flexible work life. We can work from anywhere. Balance potentially, yeah, potentially. Or most of our work can be done from anywhere. Yeah, and so um, I, I just think it's also one of these things of just understanding what, what options are out there, just what works best for you. And just hopefully you're not mm-hmm. having this public tweet of your company change no, your awkward. life when, when things come in, but yeah. Um, Would you imagine, which yeah. I guess their, their life is already influenced by all these public tweets. Well, like, I remember, yeah, yeah I, I remember it was a couple of years ago at one of the summits, there was this builder talking about how that they had 24 hour chat on and everyone was expected to respond at like any time and oh how everyone gosh. else in the room just went, <gasps> why? You know, and it just seemed, it it just, and their turnover rate was high and it just seemed like an unhealthy balance. So boundaries, everything needs boundaries. So everything needs boundaries is the, is the, is the short story. And then the the last story here um, that I put in is SEM rushes top hundred influencers and content marketing list. Um, so why I put this in here is because sometimes, you know, everyone's just kind of looking for an easy button. It's not an easy copy paste button, but it is an easy how do I get inspiration? How do I find charts and information yeah. and graphs that people might find compelling? And so one of the, um, one of the, I think it was number three, his name is Andy um, Crestodina. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Andy. That sounds good enough. Yeah, it sounds good enough. He has this graphic on his Twitter account that he pinned and it said, this data took 10 years to learn, or this took 10 years to learn. It then took 10 plus hours to write and it'll only take you 10 minutes to read. And everything you need to know about keyword research all on one page. And it just has this really easy to read graph about short versus long um, key phrases and how to understand how kind of search works and and that. But it is kind of one of those things too. Sometimes I, I talk to a lot of marketers and we have these really good ideas, but it does take time to kind of process them and come up with valuable content based off of them yeah. that need a little more refining. And so I think um, just some great inspiration from there. I think the number one person, her name is Anne Handley. She wrote, everybody writes with, I know Julie Jarnigan um, always recommends that book. She's coming out with the version two, I think in, in, in about a month or so. But just feel free to follow those people, get inspired. And even online sales, like I think there's inspiration everywhere. And this actually made me want to create like a, ooh, who are like the top hundred, you know, not top hundred, but who are the top online sales influencers or creative writers? And and I think also too, um, and that's where the market proof awards come in. It's like, oh, here's people who are leading the pack that I can follow that data and who are doing a lot and, and bringing value. Yeah, to it'd be market. interesting. I don't know if you've done this, Jen. I'm kind of calling you out on a question you're not prepared for. There has to be, and and I don't know if everyone's, because we're so busy and this is why I'm, I'm giving excuses before I ask the question. The, the question, start with, the, start with the, the answer first. I wonder if there's other industries that we could really piggyback on for online sales. I don't know what they are, but they have to be comparable in value. That'd be comparable in um, how much knowledge you need as far as to be a, a great online sales counselor. Well, I like, will tell as far you, as like, 
I will know, tell I you um, a just quick to? story. Oh, there we go. Of, I like well, story time. Just the the amazing video email that I got from the um, inside salesperson at the car dealership. Hmm. There you go. That I mean, course is similar. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, inquiring online, getting follow up from her name was Shirley. She sent me the Surely. most amazing video email that was so personalized and detailed about the car that I inquired about. Nice. I was like, I'm going to show this to my online sales specialist because holy cow, this is exactly what we have to be doing in this market is intentional, personalized follow-up. And that's yeah. what Shirley was doing. So definitely car industry for sure. Yeah. Car. Yeah. Volumes there. As far as like number of people they're dealing with per day, yeah, I'm sure is, is quite right. similar. Um, online you sales know, cycle a little shorter, their, but like search mm-hmm. online typically Lar- large value item out. you don't purchase very regularly. Right. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get your inspiration from where you need to, but also Everyone that, make go sure it's pretend applicable. to buy cars and then go no, you'll be yeah, go inquire. Shop. Oh gosh. With someone else's phone number, but you kind of need to get access to phone. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody have to block them. It's like I'm calling by your warranty now. I didn't buy the car. <laughs> Get out of well, here. Do yeah. I have any other news articles? I think that's no, it. No, that's it. I think for the question of the week, we'll throw it in the, um, we'll do a poll in terms of follow-up process oh. for Ooh, interviews, interviews for, I think, online sales specifically, maybe online sales specifically in members. And, no, I mean, I think and, it's interesting for like marketing too. I mean, yeah, like that's yeah. why I was wondering, like if y'all had a different perspective, like if some, if some amazing, if you interviewed an amazing marketer, no, I'm saying they didn't follow up and like say, thank yeah. you. I think it depends on the position experience? too. Like the, is are you head hunting them or yeah, there's more, they... yeah, there's more forgiveness. I think if they're new, well, if you're trying to recruit them, more senior, that's different. If, yeah. 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 We need, I want to add really on this cause it'd be, it'd be, I wonder if, um, Jackie, you could, if they could pull, well, he's working with like really experienced people for the most part. He, think, he so. it's, like, it's yeah. We don't have a, like, salary I, numbers. Like it's a little mm-hmm. different when you're like, I have 400,000 on the line with stock options and all this crazy stuff. Like. I'm gonna send you like some candy. I'm gonna send you some chocolate. That's what I don't think I'm allowed to say those details, but it is it is um, different. Okay, I'll tell I'll tell this quick story because whoever is holding on for the last minute, he tells me that before COVID, he used to do these things called coffee meetings where you have this like it's before your interview. You're kind of just making sure that the person's comfortable and they are actually looking for a job. And so he usually meets at the coffee shop at the corner of his office. So he goes to this coffee shop and there's a guy there and he's like, "Sorry, I can't come in. I brought my puppy." My husband's like, you brought your puppy? Like, it's an inner, it's like a casual interview. Yeah, really he's, cool like, he, he's like, he's like, it's like, okay, that's weird. The dog <laughs> skateboards and can jump in his backpack. Hired. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, like, let me grab you a coffee. We'll, we'll, we'll walk the block. And he's having this like casual interview with this guy. And he's the guy's stopping and picking up the dog mess and, and kind of like dog poop in it, yep. not in it. And, and, but my husband's like, ah, oh, he really knows his stuff. So he, anyway, he got the job. So it also depends. He works from home. On, he works from home. Yeah. Um, sometimes it just depends on your credibility experience level in terms of expectations, like Jen said. But if it is a newbie who doesn't understand, who, who's kind of like trying to break through in the industry, I think there are higher expectations that you are expecting from them to jump through hoops. Well, instead of now you're kind of just standing next to a guy picking up poop because you're like, yeah, I need, I, I need you for this position. So um, I just envision the interview, like he's answering extremely technical questions that are like, 
you know, 1% of the people interviewing can answer correctly. And he's like, what the heck? This guy's a genius. Yeah. While he's, he's like picking it. up the dog poop off the ground and downtown I, I mean, Seattle. He don't really talk like about interviews. Craziness. He, and I don't even know the details, but he, this one just sticks story. out of very, very unique. And the guy crushed it and it was super weird, but high level. While walking the dog and managing while the dog. While walking the puppy. Match, if so. you could answer these questions while you're walking downtown and with your dog. You're, Everyone you're listening, I do not recommend you bring a puppy to yeah, don't, do <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. All right. Well, we're we're out of here, guys. Thank you so much. We yeah, will. Yeah. Thanks. Um, we'll Good see to see you guys. Right, see y'all. Marketproof Marketing is proudly supported by Open Door. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Open Door to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me. Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.